Thirsty Thursday. My name is Matt. Sometimes I go by the grass factor. My end. And alongside me, I've got uh, uh, my two fine cohorts, uh, Mr. Ryan DeMay and Mr. Ray Ito. And behind the scenes, we've got Jay Slink back there hitting the buttons, clacking the keys, dialing the dials, uh, making sure we come through loud and clear. So uh, one thing that we can promise you tonight is that it will not be me uh, experimenting with all the effery that went around when uh, I attempted to do it when JP was out of town. Because that get fucked. Turned in, yeah, exactly. It turned into a disaster. So it is what it is. It was all uh, right. This it is, was all right. Uh, Chaley's like, Matt, it's not live yet. Uh, I don't, I, it's okay. It's on delay, Chaley. So probably by the time it does live, it'll be, it'll be, uh, you'll, you'll be hearing the, the beginning of it. Uh, and then the second piece of this is that this is going to be a Thirsty Thursday episode where we have a guest from the community on. And uh, today we have uh, a thrice res- rescheduled, uh, but number number one in our hearts, uh, Mr. Jay Bartley. Sir, how the hell are you doing? Doing all right, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, been looking forward to this for a little bit now. Years. So, um, it, <laughs> it, I feel like I've um, feel like I'm a monk to God. So it's, it's you just say really nice. That's, that's where you effed up. Uh, we'll we'll go ahead and get that out of the way right, <laughs> on the, on the, on the, on the priority list of, of things, of things that will, that will offer any, any, any ounce of saving grace. I can, I can guarantee we are nowhere on that list. Uh, Jay Bartley, thank you for coming on and, uh, uh, sorry for, for, uh, uh what, what it took to happen, but we got it done. Damn it. But hey, here is the known. pressing question. Talk to me. Why grass? Ooh. Why grass? Oh, damn. Uh-huh. You put way more thought and preparation to that question than I have. Uh, Wait, that, show, was the, that was the, the laziest intro I think I could have come up with, to be honest. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, uh, Bar- grass, why grass? Grass, grass is fun. It's challenging. Yes. And yes. it helps my mildly autistic mind function properly. Yes. Um, when you when you say that, how how old are you? Oh, I'm thirty one. Perfect. Thirty one. Thirty one. So so that what do they what do they call the tweeners between uh, millennials and Gen Zers? Is is thirty one a millennial or is that or is that are you borderline Gen Z? <laughs> uh, no, we are we are we are technically I'm a technically. Gen Z, but I don't claim it. I'd rather just be a millennial. Right. I think I'm. I think I'm at the ass end of millennials. Um, and people like what I've learned is people right here in the thirty to thirty-five range um, <laughs> were too stupid with technology to be like fully Gen Z, but mm-hmm. were caught up with the times enough to not be millennial. And then. Is that, look, were, millennials are being shit on as like non-tech savvy. That's what's fascinating about this whole thing. Is uh, okay, okay, boomer. M- m- millennials are. So I, I claim I because I, I well, I'm millennials can be, but uh, I claim Gen RX right because it is the uh, the transitionary transitionary period of uh, uh, Gen X to uh, to millennial, and uh, and I feel like that from from a uh, a a, a pure puberty on i think my age group was uh experiment was the first widespread experimentation of the use of 
of amphetamines to uh, to get kids to shut the fuck up. And, uh, and so oh, yeah. I, I call us Generation <laughs> RX, right? Because it was like, oh, you talk a lot. We've got a solution heard for you. you. Here's some amphetamine. I, I think I heard you Isn't that on a Brent's podcast about Generation RX. Yeah, yeah. Isn't, I mean, that an odd, isn't, isn't that a weird thing, though, Matt? You give kids uppers because in my time, it was, okay, you're, you're going to be in detention. And then we're going to notify your parents who will then whoop the fuck out of your ass. <laughs> that, was, hey, that was the answer to kids that wouldn't sit still in class. Seriously. You know, you know how I knew I didn't have uh, ADD? Uh, <laughs> because, because I remember in, in high school when uh, uh, you know, guys started showing up with like prescription for Adderall. And they're like, dude, you got to try this. And you take one. And you could tell the people in, in class that were all like zonked out on Adderall because they were just like staring into space. And I could not stop talking. I mean, it was just. Oh, yeah. You were, you were the high. Neurons are firing. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah you're yeah. high. You're high. You're high. There was, <laughs> there was no uh, uh, toning down of the, of the deficit disorder at all. It was just it was taking me right up to 99. And, uh, and I was not going to slow down. Not, not even a little bit. So. Uh, that was my clear and present danger moment of, uh, yeah, I do not have ADD. But wow, that was a lot of fun, though. Funny, funny how mm -hmm. that works. Man, and it came from a doctor, so you know it's perfectly safe and okay to continue to do it, whatever dosages you feel like doing, right? Because if it came from yeah, a doctor, just, uh, yeah, op, yeah, Generation RX, because again, I must be among some real, I guess, before boomers. Because you see, the boomer generation is when this kind of thing was frowned upon. The generation before boomers is when, you know what? This is okay. Because, again, no RXs uh, in my era. I mean, it was, uh, nope, you got, your parents got notified and what happened to you happened to you. I mean... It's uh, it's an entirely different world. No such thing as ADD or autism or whatever. Nothing. Well, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll bring this back to grass. <laughs> um, okay, no, no, no. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll, yeah. I want to ask this you question. I want to ask this okay. question. It's a good segue. I'm so sure here's my question is, uh, I, I bet everybody here. <laughs> so I think we all know how the boom, and let's just talk about customers, right? For a second, uh -huh. lock care customer. Uh -huh. Which generation currently out there right now do you think is the best? And then which one do you think is the worst right now to deal with? Or or, or oh, maybe man. if you want to go down you asking, a little bit. You, I'm asking are, everybody. Are you, asking? Oh, you go first, Jay Bar. You go first, Jay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Millenni millennials are the best. Boomers are the worst. <laughs> and then uh, Gen the Gen Z people are typically the the next worst to deal with. <laughs> or, okay, so I know why, it, why, it's, why, it's, why that ranking? Um, millennials tend to be establishing their jobs, but they don't procreate. So that most of the time, they don't have a lot of kids. They have a whole lot of disposable income, so they're willing to do stuff to their yards that other people will not. Um, the boomers are typically are typically paying for college tuition. Um, stuff like that, saving money for retirement, 
so on, so on, or on fixed income. So they're stuck in a market where they can only work this price range. Um, and it's not all about money either. It's also about like, <laughs> hey, how flexible can we be here? Um, boomers tend to be very firm in what they want and they don't, they're not willing to work with you at all, but want high expectations. I have many customers that still write me a check that costs me money to deposit when they can just pay me online for like a penny and I get paid. Um, um, but so, so in my mind, millennials are typically the best to deal with because um, whether it's inexperience in, or naive trust, because I'm one of them and I have both of those inexperience and naive trust in certain things in my life. Um, like I'm not a plumber. I hate plumbing. Don't want to be a plumber when my, when, when shit's, when, when water's flowing out of my house, I'm not going, I, I can, I can button it up with a shark bite, but I'm not going to call, I'm not going to rework the entire plumbing system oh, or call yeah. someone. Um, electrical is different because um, I'm an electrician by trade. Um, but as, as long as you don't but, touch your tongue to both wires, you're okay. Oh, brother. Fuel and new. Let me ask you. Honestly, you prefer... millennials, millennials tend to be the best for me do in my prefer... market. 480 volt or, or 110? What, what, what would you rather work with? Me personally? Uh-huh. Me personally, I'm a power lineman, so um, I'm a oh, transmission yeah. lineman. So yes. the highest, so my voltage range is 12,000 volts to, oh. to 500,000 volts. Yes. Oh, God. I can so, feel right. the plasma coming off of it right just, now, and it just... oh. Gives just the static, quality. just the static electricity off five hundred feels like a shock from one ten. Mm -hmm. so, Already, like, because shocked, you getting shocked by a power outlet doesn't bother me a bit. I love it at night when you can see the plasma glow. You know when they're when they're blowing in the wind and they get just oh, close I'll, enough and as I'll as I'll, 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 I'll PM you some nice videos. I can't I can't put it on here, but I'll PM you some some videos. I, I wouldn't say while. that there's an age range that I necessarily have like predominantly, uh, it, it would be difficult for me to, to um, rank customers based off of uh, their, their generation. I think it would be easier for me to rank customers based on profession, uh, mm. like career mm -hmm. profession. Yeah. I and agree. This, this is, yeah. this is going to be a hot take. This is going to be a hot take. The most difficult to please customers I have ever, ever had have been high-ranking officers in the armed forces. So I'm, I'm not saying enlisted guys. I'm saying <laughs> officers that are high-ranking are just absolutely impossible to please at all. Never. Not even a little bit. Matt's, Matt's going out there trying to do a, trying to do a spray up, a full liquid application on a drill sergeant's yard. Drill Sergeant, 5,000 5, square foot. Tough, he comes out and starts yelling at him. You listen here, you maggot. No, those, every, those guys every are, are single be core officer in Augusta hated Matt's guts. 
No, I mean, most, most of the people in Augusta were, uh, were enlisted folks over at Fort, Fort Gordon, you know, but occasionally you'd come across an officer and you knew, you knew you did one would be the size of their house. And, uh, and two, I, it was just, it was just, there was nothing you could say to ever ease the tension. The tension was always on 10. Um, in, in <laughs> fact, in fact, when Asami first moved to the, to the U S she was living with a, with a guy way up there in the, uh, in the, in the Navy, another officer and just. I'll never forget. You, at, the, at the time, I, I worked at True Green, right? And, and he he equated True Green to meaning that uh, I'm, I'm a landscaper for, for whatever reasons, and <laughs> um, and he sent me a spreadsheet of, uh, of 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 odd jobs he needed around the house related to landscaping, um, with including the price that he was willing to pay for oh, each individual job, you know, and it would be like. You know, I need this head replaced and I will pay $2 and 97 cents for this head <laughs> or this, this, uh, head needs a new elbow and I'll pay, uh, $7 and 17 cents for an elbow replacement. And I, I was like, I thought it was a joke when he sent it to me and I replied back and I was like, ha ha. And then the next time I saw him and this is it, 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 look, the whole thing is a disaster. The guy and I did not get along because when when Asami and I got engaged, man, he sent me the longest email. It was like it was a very long email that called me the biggest piece of shit in the entirety of the world. And uh, and you know, I handle that really well, right? I handle it like a very mature adult. And I was like, I appreciate your sentiment and I understand your concerns. No, that was not what I did. Um, I fired back something uh, uh, so aggressive. <laughs> To the next spectrum, and uh, and and man, I just I, I will say this: that from that point forward, we we no longer. He, he never asked me to do any more odd jobs, and uh, and and two, there was a certain amount of just mutual respect that occurred that we were going to always hate each other, and it was okay. I mean, it was it was just how it was going to be, and um, I. Any, anyway, I, I, I had this picture I, in my mind want, of you I typing out a nice, like really restraining yourself and typing out like a full, like three paragraph email that was, you know, uh-huh. uh, you know, <laughs> very, you know, demure and just like, and then you, you sat there, you, you delete know, it all. Seconds. Control A, delete you cock sucking motherfucking piece of shit. Uh, I was, you. I was on the, the, the Blackberry with the trackball, you know, and, and I swear to God, my wham, my wham on that Blackberry had to have been 130 words a minute. I mean, it was unbelievable how fast I could type on it. And, you know, like 3,700 words later, uh, I had, I had completed this and, and copied and pasted it into the email. And for half a second, I was like, should I send this? Yes. And, and fired it off. And, and that was that. And in fact, in fact, when he replied to me, the only thing he said, he said, the only concerning thing about your email is the fact that you had that much time on your hands to type that out. I was like, touche. Good to go. Yeah. And for somebody uh, with that kind of thinking, I keep it short and sweet. Super short and sweet. Because my only words to something like that would be "fuck off." Very simple. I I deal with I deal with um, back to grass. Mm-hmm. Um, I deal with very high end residential customers who are oh. super entitled people most of the time. 
and really? very often super in- very very often unreasonable and mm-hmm. i have i have learned that um gauging the appropriate response just with the type of ass chapping you're getting at the time mm-hmm. can gain you more trust with the people for example i have some very high-end residential people who i've mm-hmm. gauged like to be told how it is they don't want me to you beat know, around the bush they don't want they don't want to they don't want to hear the rigmarole that hey dude the yard's fucked we got to spend thirty thousand dollars to fix it that's what it is the yard's fucked and then we have you know what and then i have other people that are then i have other people who are like hey hey brother you know it's not that bad we can recover from this we can do it but they're yards but then for me uh, i think it's you know i make it understood that look i'm not here to kiss anybody's ass i'm going to tell it like it is uh i'm going to tell you things that everybody else in the industry here locally has not or will not tell you because they're too busy kissing your fucking ass i mean Game's over because it's obvious all of the ass kissing and bullshit hasn't worked for you, and now you come to me. There, <laughs> Jay Bart, t- tell me this: true. you you were a lineman before, right? How how I did am, you go I am, from? I am still currently a lineman. Perfect. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to ask. Have you gone full time grass, or is it is it a side gig for you right now? Um, so. So I work um, typically three days a week, line work, three days a week, grass. Um, and it worked out pretty good for me. Um, I'm making moves. I'm trying um, my projection for this year, as I'm speaking with finance people, stuff like that, is I should be able to hire my first employee this year, which is going to be major for my business. Yeah, and that's 100%. a huge step in huge step in any business to actually hire someone full-time um and then um but i'm holding on to the line work because i'm i am um fourth generation power line so it's 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 not just it's a it's kind of a family thing too and uh to go to your to go to your pop and be like hey pop you know I love putting up power lines. I love maintaining the grid. I love helping people out this way and, you know, getting stuff done. And, um, and, and I love the adrenaline rush. It's a huge adrenaline rush. It really sustains me because I am generation RX and I am ADHD. So I need a lot of movement in my life to feel organized. It, it, which is it, it, control chaos. It that way. No, no, no. Yes. I 100% get that. Um, and 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 I'll I'll say this too. Why I think it's smart to, especially people that are in this position right now that um, work in two different industries full time, specifically right now, right in the midst of. 
I'm going to parlay this back to, to 2008. I think about the people I know in 2008 that were growing a business. It was exploding. They went full-time and had money falling out of their asshole uh, to such a degree that, that uh, there, was, there was no amount of corking or um, uh, 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 what was it? Uh, kaopectate that would, that would stop the amount of money that was running out of their rear end. Um, and then it all of a sudden went from that to actual zero. It, it, it didn't just drop a little bit. It literally went to zero that no work was to be found. Um, <laughs> and that's not a hundred percent across the board. There were some people that actually maintained somewhat, you know, decent, I wouldn't say like ex- exponential growth, but decent growth through it. All right. And you know, so, so there's some variability there among markets, but I think with, with, the economic uncertainty that's around us right now that, you know, it starts to feel good and it starts to feel bad and it starts to feel good and it starts to feel bad. Um, and it, especially on the, uh, some, some various industries that are, that are not known for being, uh, cash, uh, heavy, um, that, that, that utilize a lot of, ca- uh, of, um, uh, that, that leverage a lot of, of, uh, um, you know, short-term loans or lines of credit or whatever to operate. Um, you know, they're, they're getting pinched right now on, on crazy interest rates, even on, you know, short-term 120 day type type loans. Um, so my, my point is, is that where I'm going with that is that I think, I think it's actually the smart play right now for people that are in that in-between size. And they're like, ah, do I go full-time or do I not? In my opinion, I think right now would be the time to do like what you're doing is hiring someone, developing your systems, developing your processes. And buying a little bit of additional buffer time, buying a little bit additional buffer cash, and watch what plays out over the next couple of years. And then if it if it we have very clear uh, direction and certainty of of economic growth in front of us, then by all means, you know, make your transition. But I, I'm not sure, and everybody on here may have a completely different opinion than me, and I'd love to hear it. Uh, I'm not sure right now is the time to take the risk to go balls deep all in. I'm curious what it, what is everyone else's take? Uh Matt, that would probably be a wise choice or, or you know a wise a wise uh, you know position on this because I honestly don't see things getting better economically and otherwise. I mean I I don't I don't see things getting better because what I foresee happening is I foresee a serious contraction in the lawn care industry and I don't want to be the one that's it that's going to tell everybody I told you so but it's coming I, I, I'm, I'm not quite, I, I honestly just have no idea. I have no idea what to expect because it could be, you know, for instance, Putin's, I, I, don't, I saw a headline. I have no idea if it's real or not, but it was just a headline when I'm scrolling <laughs> through and talking about a 500,000 uh, 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 manned, you know, move on, on Ukraine, right? What happens if that's not effective? You know, where, where, where does the escalation point on that? And then we had a general the other day that was talking, predicting war with China by 2025. I was like, well, that's strong words. Jesus, man. Fuck. <laughs> did we, did you, we, you know, so. 
Um, do you do you do you hedge against that? Do you, is it just a bunch of fodder in the background that you shouldn't pay attention to? Do you do you leave one foot in each circle? Like you, you're lucky you have the opportunity to be able to do that three days here and three days there, or do you just say, you know what, I'm ride or die. I'm going all in, and uh, let's just let's just do the damn thing. What would you do, Demay? I'm curious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I I well okay. Let me. I'll speak. Uh, macro to micro i think that um that if you are in a position like jay bart and you don't necessarily need to be a 10 person outfit in five years to put food on the table if you're fine with being a small but very successful and profitable lawn care company i don't think there's a better time to get into it i really don't because i think that what you're going to find is that full time uh, uh, I think I, I so I, I mean, I, I rode the rail that, you know, uh, uh, that he's doing right now, you know, in terms yes. of jumping in and jumping out and that kind of thing. And when was the right time? And I, I would say this is that you'll know, like for sure. I think that, uh, I didn't get out before I, I got out before I had another full-time employee. And this is just my story. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of other ones, right. Of what's right or what's wrong. But I think too, that, uh, you know, the things that you don't, maybe you don't consider, don't think about is like, you know, to, to go it alone, you know, there, there's a lot of extra added costs that you don't, you know, you can't plan for, or don't necessarily think about or plan for. And I was fortunate that I had a gut check in COVID that I was about ready to peace out. And then COVID hit. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna hang around here for a minute, see what happens, you know? And, uh, that gave me, uh, another year basically to, really you know like i said gut check myself and say okay hey is everything really in place you know you want to go but wanting to go and needing to go are two very different things right so um being and being you know add and and maybe feeling like you know you've got to you've always got to be moving and there's you know don't mistake activity for accomplishment that's that's the old uh john wooden quote ucla basketball coach so I think it man, be, that you know, is the truest fucking piece of advice in the entire. Can you just say it again for the people in the back? Don't mistake activity for accomplishment. Ah, oh, God Almighty! It is soul crushing and feels good to hear at the same time. Oh, so, uh, right. that I, is. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. Go, keep go going. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. Go, well, I, well I was going to say there. Yeah. Ray, you go, and then I'll jump back in. Go. Okay, that statement is literally something that I tell people on an almost daily basis because activity is conflated with accomplishment and progress. Uh, I, I, I cut it short and I tell people, don't fucking do wasted work. Well, and uh, what I'm saying with that point, for <laughs> J-Bart specifically, is... <laughs> don't think about all the things that you need to do you can have mm-hmm. you're gonna have a to-do list a mile long for the rest of your life especially if you own a business like it'll you'll never escape mm-hmm. it but if you have <laughs> very specific goals or milestones of things that are like non-negotiable that you have to have before you make that leap and you're real about that and realize that you know there's certain things that you just have to take a leap of faith on then that's what it is now i think at a a more macro level i i talked about this with um Brent and Busy Bees on their 
Uh, oh no! Turf gems. Oh no! No. Well, no. I talked to them about. I think there is a market <laughs> in in most any place in the country right now, rural, suburban, urban, right? To be the one to three person operation that just goes out and kicks ass, knows their numbers, and does their job, and does good work, and that's all they need to be, right? They're comfortable with that, and they figure out where they fit in with the niche instead of just like this all-consuming rat race of, you know, corporate lawn care of we need to pull in every fucking dollar we can. And you know what, Matt? If you don't bring in $1,000, I'm going to cut your nuts off and send you back out there. And, and I, I wonder, is the market shifting? Is the market shifting that the average consumer is looking to do business with the two, three, four, five-man outfit versus the 200, 300-employee outfit? When is somebody going to open up artisanal turf? That's what I want to know. You know, oh, oh, we have. Right. Uh, no, listen, listen. We already have crafted fertilizer. So oh, no, it's, that's it's already artisanal. Taken us. No, no, artisanal's yeah. out there. I'm telling you, we need something. I'll send you a label. Like it's that. it's there. So, uh, but but that whole point, you're, I, I I do think that there's a shift in the market of people with stories behind them instead of brands like that. You know, to go back to a generational thing, right? I think maybe before boomers, right? Like the, you know, whatever was before the greatest generation or after the greatest generation and, um, you know, pre-boomer, I think you had a lot of folks that did business on relationships, right? You, you met people in, in the town you lived in or in the you know uh, line of work that you were in and you did business with a person who just happened to work for a company. And I think by and large, boomers were very brand driven, right? Even some that were brand loyal or just price loyal, that's all they wanted it to do. And I think it's probably swinging back the other way, right? So you know, the name yeah. on the side of the truck is maybe not as important as the name of the tech that comes out to do the work. Um, just as long as they don't try to pay naked, you know? Like, yeah, I would. Weird. I would. It's weird. And and that's why I think um, back to the naked. original question. Um, if you, sorry, man. Don't. I, I don't. Okay. I don't mean to interrupt. No, um, I, I'm just mumbling. Ignore me. I'm um, ragged, that's why I brought up the naked guy again. So I just I had to mumble about the naked guy. Naked men are beautiful things. You can ask my wife. <laughs> it's amazing. Finally, I have I have a voice of support. You are the nine percent, um, Jay Bart. Thank you. Thank you. I I am I am not my son. Just a ninety nine percent. Tattoo with him. All right, let's go. Um. But that's why I think um, back to the question that you asked originally about what you know, what group, what generation um, is, and I'm not going to say more just profitable, but more enjoyable to service, and that's the millennial group because I can educate, I can work with. And we can set parameters um, in a way that because right right now in my business, one of my largest selling points is busy busy needs to shut the hell up on my on my phone. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, right right now in my business, one of my major selling models is you get me 
yeah. you get all of me on your property. If if something is done to your property, here's my personal cell phone number, my phone, here's everything. That's it. Like, here's my email. You have every way to contact me, and you are going to get me. If someone makes a bad application or something you don't like, they live a leave a rut in your yard. Well, they didn't leave a rut in your yard. I left a rut in your yard. I'm going to correct the rut in your yard. I apologize. I communicate well. Hey, left a rut in your yard. Let's work on some drainage. That way I don't leave any more ruts in your yard. But they get me. And I think the millennial um, group is more willing to accept that and focus on corrections and stuff like that um, versus other generations. I think some generations are more entitled and they think everything should be perfect and pristine all the time and they should never have disease or insects or anything like that or acts of God or or stuff that's outside of my control including people who I contract for or some of my contractors. Um, so, oh, oh, Jay Bart, thanks for mowing my yard. Uh, by the way, why did my house burn down, asshole? Uh, like, first, what? I, I mowed your yard. All, what are you talking about? First of all, I did not mow your yard. I hired contractors to mow your yard who should have had $2 million because I hired them with $2 million, <laughs> with $2 million insurance policy. So you need to contact them and ask them why their house fucking burned down. First of all, is <laughs> is it's my response. Like, um, uh, I've um, I used to cut, um, and and I don't want to get into a ramble, um, you know, just rambling along. But like, I used to cut a lot of grass up until uh, about halfway through last year. About halfway last year, something clicked in my brain. And I said, no money in it, and I'm done with it. Um, I, 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 can't spend, I can't spend an hour and a half on a property every single week in the summertime um, or in the spring and summer and, and fall cutting your grass and making, making profiting, profiting probably 35 to 40 bucks like go out here and make an application on it. So I reduced my numbers of just cut um, down to three. Um, and they are what I call beer drinking yards. <laughs> so they are yards within a mower's ride distance, George Jones style, where I can hold a beer and ride a mower over to their house and cut the grass. Those wow. are the only parts that I cut. And because um, I'm not going to dedicate that time into cutting grass because my time's of value, uh, because I don't do it full time. And I said, I would rather pick up 
25 customers in the time it's taken me to cut and do the maintenance on all these yards versus just maintain the yard and do the weed control fertilization stuff like that and uh so that that's a that's a, a little bit about me and like kind of my business model i guess and, yeah um and, and i between... spoke with other people about Grace, this the country not musical what what the hell was that i think i think j ping hit a button in the background uh, and, you yeah, know, finding that too. that balance between you know services Phenomenal. offered and and profitability, right? Like, and, and you know, they they talk about do you want to be a jack of all trades or do you want to be a master of one kind of sort of thing? And I think, you know, ultimately everyone's going to go through that that realization that uh, you know you don't have to take on every job that's out there to collect every dollar because you you may not have uh, the 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 ability to get it done logistically profitably, right? And you know, you may win a bit. And I think about this from time to time, like, especially when I was involved in, in some of the, the stormwater projects. Right. And, you know, God love him. But all of a sudden, you know, we're in the middle of installing a rain garden and the uh, the homeowners association is like, you know, hey, our, our next plan is uh, once the once the rain garden is installed, we're going to install a quarter mile walking trail and we want a bridge to go over the uh, over the, the rain garden. Uh, will you bid a bridge? And I was like, you know, I figured, no, I will not bid a bridge. As a matter of fact, and uh, and my brother-in-law was like, yeah, ten thousand. And I was like, what? What? And it went that quick. And uh, and then you know, all of a sudden, you, I I don't know how to build a bridge. Do you know how to build a bridge? Do you have to engineer a bridge? And sure enough, we did. Had to had to had to have drawings that were presented, uh, and demonstrated that it was within. Because then you have all these rules like. Uh, spacing, spacing between, uh, you know, upright boards on the railing to make sure like a child's head can't get through. And so you're having to go through all these cl- uh, codes and deduce it. And you know, I spent more time uh, during that. It was a 24 hour period where one, I had to learn how to do AutoCAD. Uh, uh, two, I had to read the code book and just pray to God that I got it all put together. And then as you start getting into it and you're trying to decide like, you know, hey, how am I going to span uh, 56 feet across, across water, you know, what, what I'm going to use to, to hold it up. Then you're having to figure out how to do concrete pillars, uh, that are going to be submerged part of the year. And then you're having to find, um, you know, all these different woods that you can use that are going to last a life, a lifetime. And, you know, it's like these, these, these pressed laminate boards that we ended up having to buy. So what started as a, is an easy $10,000 bid, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're eight grand into it and just securing materials. And you've got three month lead times on these massive glue lamb beams, you know, and it's like, man, why in the fuck are we doing this? This is crazy. This is absolutely crazy, but it's, you know, it's like, Hey, it's going to be a quick 10 grand. It's like building a deck, right? It'll be, it'll, it'll be no time at all. And, uh, and then, you know, you, you, you spend $9,223 after you pay everybody. And, uh, and you're like, wow, I, I profited $780. That's great. Glad I did that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's called not am I, taking am I, on. Am I the only what, one that's done that? I've, I've done that. No, I've, well, I, I know, I, I know I got myself in deep doing that stuff, and I'm, but Ray, carry on. Okay. I've learned not to do that. And I've learned by watching others. And one of my, Red lines is 
I do not deal with trees. Okay? I don't deal with trees. Like cutting trees? Because, like cutting trees. I don't deal yeah. with that. Yep. And the reason why I don't deal with cutting trees is because there's no fucking place for the rubbish to go. This is, this is not like uh, the Carolinas or Georgia where you can push it in a pile in the back and burn it when uh, the town allows burning. Okay, I can't do that here. So, yeah, that's my red line in that I don't deal with tree trimming. Not at all. And, 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 and a lot, a lot of times that just comes down to like, uh, you know, it takes a certain amount of, of the pain threshold that has to be crossed before you're like, okay, okay, okay. All right. I learned my lesson. I ate enough mm -hmm. uh, a bag of, of dicks there to know uh, not to do that ever again. <laughs> and and yeah, you're like, yeah. all right, well, not anymore. Paper or plastic? Actually, it's, it's a matter of just knowing what, you know, happens. and. The other thing that I don't get involved in, don't get involved in landscape installs. Nope. Don't do that either. Don't do that now, Ray, either. And... Ray, when you say okay. landscape installs, are you talking about hardscape or are you talking about sod and uh, your sod like, and plant material? What do you, sod and, so you, sod don't, and plant material. you don't do any, you don't do any sod installs, you don't do anything like that. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. Because there that's, is somebody. That's, I agree. And there's because you know why? Because there's somebody on the island with all of the correct equipment to get it done the right way. I don't need to mess with it. I just don't need to mess with it. I mean, because, you know, just uh, as you were saying in the beginning of the show, how. You, you'll deal with electrical stuff because that's in your wheelhouse. Uh, likewise, uh, there's certain things that I don't deal with because that's not in my wheelhouse. I'm not equipped for it. And I know somebody that can get it done better than me. Bottom line. <laughs> right. And, and, and right? I, I, agree, I agree with you there. Um, just like... Uh, uh, I've been told I've been told by people on our Discord and stuff like that on Dirty Deeds. Hey man, brother, you you're you're dealing with a lot of shit because um probably ninety ninety percent of my work is contractors is is contract work for other um landscape companies for the installers mm -hmm. or stuff like that. And uh people who don't want to do the maintenance side. And mm -hmm. with that being said, I enjoy the maintenance side. I enjoy the chemistry. I enjoy the chemical breakdown. I enjoy the cocktails that I make. Um, I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy my steel green. Uh, JP, throw that steel mm -hmm. green up. Come on, man, throw it up. Don't do it. I'm just kidding. Do it. Okay. That thing is sex on, that thing is sex on wheels. I'm telling you. Okay. What'd you name? Um, oh, but, but, uh, but I can sit here and I can focus on installs. I can focus on cutting grass. I can focus on the maintenance side, or I can take all these things, which I like cutting grass. I, I do on properties. Mm. 
that is that are well maintained. I I, I, I like doing it. I like cutting grass on mm-hmm. well maintained properties. Um, I don't mind doing a patch job with sod. I don't mind sodding properties in small areas, thousand square foot or less. Don't mind it. it it's quick. It's easy. And it makes my life easier in some aspects. Sometimes it makes it harder. Here recently, some of our, uh, some of our sod suppliers have had exceptionally awful, um, and, and turf type tall fescue because I run Carolina cool season, y'all. Remember that Carolina cool season. Mm. That's what I run. Mm. Um, yeah, we can talk about we can talk about zoning and stuff like that here in a second, but uh, but a lot of or a lot except for just one or two of my sod suppliers or the sod suppliers out there that even the people who I'm contracting for have awful orchard grass, awful sedges, awful poa in it, and it's just under maintained sod. So I'm like, hey, okay, let me source good sod and get it out there in these areas for thousand square foot or less i'll fix it and but and you know what <laughs> oh yeah that, that's it that's sex mm, on wheels baby mm, that is the green that, just makes it look so cheap dude that's what? that's oh shut up jay pick i'll cut you i'll come that up is, there and i'll cut <laughs> you right now that is um unimpressive. that is that is that is before um it may be unimpressive to you, Matt Martin, because you're you're dealing with a lot of big machines. But that that machine right there was um, look look that that, 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 that right that there is a that is a jacked up F two fifty. If I if I've ever seen one, right? You know, look, mm-hmm. there's a there's a reason I drive uh, uh, a Hondas, and it's because I don't need to overcompensate for anything. That that mm-hmm. right there is a is a is an F two fifty on forty fours, and it's, it's just brother ridiculous. my, my uh, brother my son has a has an abnormally large penis, so <laughs> that's, that's that's all a man can ask for. By the way, this Carolina brandy got some got some waiting for y'all if y'all ever make it down to the Charlotte area. Yeah, I what is oh. what is the ABV on the Carolina brandy? Uh, I'd say that's coming in pretty pretty spicy, and it's tasty as hell too. Uh, uh, it's it's I'm I'm actually going to have to get up in a second and get a sprite because it is probably 180 proof. <laughs> <It is>. 180. <laughs> Goodness, you know what that 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 reminds me of. I could run that steel green off of it. Okay, we're, we're going to have to talk about steel green. Go ahead, Ray. Go ahead. Uh, this stuff that one of my brother's friends brought in from Austria. Okay? Because one of my brother's friends is actually a German national. But anyway, okay. old boy brings in some stuff from Austria. And kid you not, it was actually 180 proof. And actually, uh, yeah, I could drink it. <laughs> I could drink it. Right. It was all, it was, it was all right. <laughs> I will have to, Look, I will have to figure out a way to get a steal on this thing and send you a jar. Send you a jar. Uh, this came out of the, this came out of North Carolina. This came out of North Carolina mountains. 
the thing about the steel grain, and you know, I, it, don't get me wrong, uh, in, incredible piece of engineering. It is, it is sex yeah. on wheels. If you know, you've got a tiny PP, and uh, but it, extremely versatile. <laughs> I get why people are drawn to it. Um, clearly, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But why I would never, ever, not ever, not once ever would I own that machine uh, or a similar machine to that or anything that weighs more than 400 pounds is, you remember you were talking about that rut issue uh, that you run into? Is I, Again, I live in an area that gets 50 plus inches of rain a year. I could not operate that thing for weeks at a time after the types of rain events we get. And it just, That's it would right. become a, uh, my balancing act would no longer be like working around the weather. It was going to be, it's working around the drain patterns. And, and of course I'm, I'm in at higher elevation. I've got lots of hills to deal with. I've got subdivisions that are at the bottom of hills and I've got some subdivisions that are at the top of the hills. Well, and then it becomes a routing nightmare because the damn machine weighs 2,000 pounds, and I can't get it on 90% of my yards because it'll sink to the frame. And I have seen in the Facebook groups the number of guys that are calling tow trucks to have them pulled out of a backyard somewhere after after the uh, after their soil thaws, especially up in the uh, in the in the Northeast. You know, I think I I think about our old buddy Jim Beveridge uh, getting his. I don't don't know. I think it was his his, uh, steel green. I mean, absolutely buried. You couldn't even see the wheels anymore. And it's where, you know, coming out of winter, the soil thaws, you get a couple rains out there and you, you, you got that nice fractured soil that you're getting ready to go, you know, lay your pre-emergent down on and you get into the furthest corner of the backyard and it literally sinks, uh, to, uh, well beyond the frame. I mean, it sinks to the battery, you know, and, and had to be, uh, 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 carted out of there. But, and then it was, it was, Amazing the amount of repair effort it took to to fix the destruction that occurred in the lawn because of that too, right? You know, so now all so, of a sudden, you know, it became a uh, a four thousand dollar job of of getting all that repairs done because you put it on the wrong yard. So, so again, I will, I will, I will. I don't I will, mean. I understand what you're saying, but I don't. Let me, um, I, I suck. I'm very transparent about this. That I lick the taint of permagreen. And, uh, and, and, and permagreen, you know, a lot of people can't handle the spray volume and all that fun stuff because, uh, you know, some people want to do liquid fertility and it doesn't make sense to run a lot of liquid fertility through that because of the high concentration, um, of the, of, of your mixes, your percent, uh, uh, dilution is, is not, is not appropriate for a lot of liquid fertilizers, but I, I, I built a career on it and I did really well with it. And you know what the whole, the number one reason. The number one reason that I think uh, puts permagreen in a class by itself that is very, very difficult to argue against is it's one of the few machines that you can put on every property for every round well, all it's year a, long. It's a lean, it's a lean to steer. It's a, it's a, a simple a, Yeah, we'll if you've got soft a, shoulders, a, if you've got soft shoulders a, and, and it hurts your shoulders, I'll make fun of you. In fact, you probably don't need to be in lawn care. If, if I have one more person right. that says, hey... Uh, I tried the I tried the permagreen, but my shoulders got sore. I'm like, then you don't you don't need to do lawn care. That's as simple as that. Um, Good luck picking up J- your fifty pound bags. So so uh, J Pink also had that. another also had another picture of a spurter that I put out that Lesco. Um, I forget what I labeled it as, uh, but 
just just the OG Cusco or one of the uh, the striker uh, or spiker uh, ride on. This a chariot. This a chariot yes. ride on. Is it the SP? Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that chariot. Those are fun too. I like those. It's essentially it's a spreader only lean to steer, and it. My wife really wants me to sell it because I'm running out of space, and stuff is starting mm-hmm. to. As you can see, the refrigerator in the background, shit is starting to take over the garage, and uh, but, for example, um. Right now, soil temperatures in my area are, today they dropped a little bit. We were at 48 degrees soil temperature today, but in the past week, we've been sitting at like 53 degrees soil temperatures. So ask, ask me what I've been doing for the past week. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, and and, uh, are, are, and are you getting more use out of your chariot or your, your Z-spray? Like our, ours? Hour for hour. Oh, how how split are you um, the chariot versus the uh, versus the steel green? I'm sorry, I call it a disease spray. Same difference. Um, you you can call it what you want. Um, you can call it a piece of shit if you want. I don't care because oh, I won't I, call it. That. I, it's definitely I, not. It's I, definitely not. I a piece I, of shit. I love that machine. Um, uh, right now because of the as wet as it's been and the and the uh-huh. Especially mild winter that we've had. Uh-huh. Uh that Lesco is probably sitting at forty five percent use and the steel green is sitting at is sitting at fifty five percent. They're they're why, right there. Why hand have hand. two machines when only one could get the job done? That's all I'm gonna say. Uh let's talk about one, soil tests. One, you sent you one, sent these one spray is broadcast one spray is broadcast post emergent and the other and one of them doesn't spray anything, and then well, one of them has high flow. Pump. One of them has high flow pump. So what you didn't see on that picture is um, I have high flow pumps on that steel green now. So I've dual uh-huh. high flow pumps. Uh-huh. So it's actually running a GNC, It's running a GNC gun with a hundred foot hose reel. Uh-huh. So what I'm able to do is I'm able to roll up to a fence, turn it on and the then side, walk it, strip off hose. And walk it just uh, like what? I would off my off my truck or a skid sprayer with the same volume makes, and everything makes like that. Makes perfect sense so. to have a riding uh, a riding walk walking unit. Uh, the so, well, uh, I'm sorry, I don't. I I seriously the the steel green actually is it's an incredible tool and um, the diversity of being able to use it from everything from uh, fairways all the way down to you know ten thousand square foot lawns is is and then. Also, too, a lot of the things they're doing with like GPS functionalities coming online with it, and you know, uh, uh, foaming systems and all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. is, it, it, it really is kick ass, and I'm the, just the shitting fun, on it the, because the, the, the foam marker, the foam marker on it is is the shit. Like I will and say, you that can foam you can charge has, your phone while you ride it too, because you know you got a you got a sweet USB cable on it. So only only thing that still great. Steel green does not have as a cup holder for your for your for Carolina nice, brandy for this nice <laughs> brandy. Yeah. So, um, but but well, uh, Matt, if there's anyone who I'd like to speak to you about this, because I seriously consider permagreen, because you are so permagreen diehard, and I have so much respect for you. And you industry. should not have respect for me. Um, 
And what ended up what ended up coming down was sourcing. And yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Easier for me to get anything for the steel green. And that's what I, I would suggest to any other person in the industry who's a pro applicator or who has the need for a large machine or a liquid applicator that you ride on or something like that. Um, is the biggest thing is sourcing and sourcing parts. Steel yeah. Green um, guaranteed me, hey, if you call up here and you need a part, we will overnight the part to you free of call. It's overnighted. Period. I, you know, but again, you may have you may have to simplicity. pay for the part, but. The simplicity is, is that I can fix I can fix a permagreen at an auto zone the majority of the time. And and you know, there's and, been many times and in the I parking can, lot. And, eh, you do a and little I surgery fix, on it and you're good to go. And ninety percent of the time I'm able to fix this spreader sprayer. I was gonna say, with that park, tool chest you have behind park. you right there, I've got a feeling that there's no piece of equipment that you are not uh uh spending You've got it dialed in exactly the way you want it. That's that is not a little boy's tool chest back there. That is a man's tool chest if I've ever seen one. <laughs> well, thank you very much, my tool chest. I had to wait five Christmases to tuck in a Christmas present to acquire this. Much and, deserved. Uh, and I was like, I'll take I'll take one collared shirt a year if I can get this in five years. One collared shirt a year. <laughs> I can get this in five <laughs> years and, and it's, it's full and I'm actually running out of space. And, um, there's anyone who you need to ask be, uh, busy has busy bees has had my virtual garage store before. <laughs> and, uh, it's, um, he seems to be impressed with it. So, um, let's, I'm, I'm a highly organized person, but let's, let's get back in the grass and let's, Let's make Let's this conversation interesting. Yeah. Um, so I sent you, I can't even remember what I sent over. We've, we've got three and I'm going to give you names. I'm going to start with Mayhew here. Uh, oh, okay. So that's my father-in-law. Okay. And let me, let me ask you this on a, on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate this lawn? Scale of one to 10, I would rate his lawn a... Four. <laughs> uh, let, let me ask: Are you dealing with like native grass that you have no idea what's seeded in there, or have you done like a renovation and reseed? This is this is a this is a it's not a renovation. This has been a this year was a two year overseed. Um, he has a severe common Bermuda problem. Uh-huh. He's done because mm-hmm. uh, I am in the transition zone. So I'm in uh, I'm in seven B and eight A. Uh huh. Is is like that's how close to the line I am. Like it's marginal, like inches of rain and and like I'm right there at it. So I'm seven B eight A zone and more or less um, his yard has. Um, Bermuda. Um, Bermuda pretty much only exists in the yard right there in the problem areas where if um, Bermuda was not there, uh, 
Poa and other weeds would exist, which is down the driveway. And I believe um, I based my model of, of priority areas. Appreciate it, B. Um, I, I based my model off of absolute areas that have to be pristine off what you said, Matt, in one of your videos, because that's how I, that's what I cut my teeth on, um, is your videos. And you said, you make sure that that walkway up to the, to the mailbox is pristine. Yes. And you do not fall off that. And it turns out he has common Bermuda right there and a tenant stretch coming straight down the driveway to the mailbox. Look, and, and but, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get on your balls but, about this because, because there's, I understand if there's one thing I understand is how shitty it is growing tall fescue in that zone. It's awful. It is a, it is a losing shitty. effort. Why, why not just convert it over to common Bermuda? Common Bermuda can look nice. It can, um, it catches it, a bad rap. It can really look nice. Um, well, the soil sample that we just looked at, um, that's my father-in-law. So mm -hmm. it's a little bit different than other people. So my father-in-law is pretty I much getting all, all he, he's getting kind of very minimalistic. Application. Um, and that's actually like one section of his backyard that's dealing with some heavy drainage issue and stuff like that. Um, uh. but what ends up happening is, is that lots of people in this area want a fescue yard. They want why, them. and so it, why? And, and I and I get and, that. I face the and, same pressure in Knoxville. But and, I, I'm, and, I want to push it. I want to push on you about this though, where you, especially being uh, a, a smaller applicator, where you can really carve out space in your market, is becoming the expert at converting fescue lawns into Bermuda lawns. And you could do that in a multitude of ways, right? It doesn't always have to be sod or sprigs because so many times, and this is what I, I learned just uh, uh, playing around here in Knoxville is go spray along with Monument and see what's left over. And it's hilarious because you'll see it as you pull up and you're like, ah, that's, that's probably 80, 85% uh, tall fescue. You spray it with monument, Not. and you're like, that, that was ninety two percent Bermuda grass, and you know your your second fertilization of the summer, and it and it, it looks like absolute carpet. And then all of a sudden, they're like, "How in God's green earth did you do that to my lawn?" Well, then it's summer, and you know, but and you have to have the conversation with them on the front end, like, "Look, where we are from a climate perspective, it is going to cost so much more in terms of the amount of water that's required." The amount of of uh, ancillary applications. What I mean by that is, is I'm saying like uh, f fungicides, insecticides, so on and so forth. You know, because in your area, Bermuda I know suppression, if you're if Bermuda you're suppression not, herbicides, Bermuda Matt. suppression come time seeding every year, and and mm -hmm. I know that if you're not spraying four rounds of fungicide a year in your area, that at some point yeah. you're either going to get smoked by Pythium and or uh, uh, brown patch, and there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. 
It's just yeah. built into the cost of doing business. If, so all if, of a sudden, if you're getting for sure. If you've got the okay. right customer, right, then and, and, and that is open to it, and you talk to them about it, and it may not take the first season. It may be the second season. But then you start advertising it, right? Like, so you, you find one, like, say, your father-in-law, like, father-in-law, trust me on this. I'm going to wow your pants off. And, and remember, the, the treatment differences, is, it's so much easier with Bermuda grass, so much easier. Yep. Oh, God, yeah. Simple. Yeah. Then advertising yourself as, as being the Bermuda guy in your area, right? All of a sudden, you've got people mm -hmm. that are – and what's interesting is that you're going to find people that have read about it, went ahead, made the investment to sod their yard in Bermuda, and then they don't know what to do because they're fertilizing it like fescue – you know, with the, you know, like, well, I went and I got my Scott's winter guard and I put it down in December. And then, you know, I got my, <laughs> my step one from Scott's and I put it down in February <laughs> and it's March. And I don't understand what I'm looking at here. And you're like, okay, look, mm -hmm. we got this. And you, know, you show them a funny chart about how it works and stuff. And then, you know, you give them an absolutely incredible badass lawn during summer. And it, then if, if you're like, okay, I really like that, but you know, man, I'm so bummed out that it's going to go dormant. I'm like, great. Here's some options for you. We can paint it. Um, and, and if if you feel comfortable doing that, then I, it is, I, you're talking I about am, being organized. I'm I 100 certain am, you could do a badass job at it. I am not against, and I will. I've I've spoken with so many other landscapers in the greater Charlotte area. I am not ashamed on the. On the ten, on the on the five percent, five to ten percent warm season grass that that I deal with, they go dormant, and people are bitching about having ground. I am not ashamed, and I tell people this all the time: do not be ashamed to paint a lawn green. There is no shame in it. If you want to paint, mm -hmm. if you want to, if you want to paint dormant grass, paint dormant fucking grass, dude. Like. No shame in it. Do it, and I'm not ashamed to and do you, it myself. And I'll do it. And you, but yeah, mm -hmm. go ahead, Ray. And for me, paint is not a big deal. And all it is is in actually doing the painting so that the cover, color comes out even and not splotchy. I mean, that's all it is to me. Is just make it look a nice deep uniform green and i don't worry about it because uh me too i have no shame in painting turf green it's not a not an issue it to should, me, no big deal it it it, 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 it should it painting painting dormant turf should not be a a knock on anyone within the no industry. not not, with not it, within 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 the industry, you should say, "Hey, if you want if you want brown for mm -hmm. if you want brown for five months, that's Talk fine. You. I'm okay with that. That's fine. If you want me to make it green, I'll come out here. I'll come out here for one month and I'll paint it, and I'll come out here two months later and I'll give it a little top coat, get it back saturated, mm -hmm. and it'll be just mm -hmm. as green." And then that's going to get us through the dormancy period, and it's fine. Here's what I have found in in my climate in my area, and this is why I I I go with cool seasons. 
I have, and, and as, as well as many other people, I have figured out a way on my turf, which is how I got my cut in this industry, is I was doing my grass, and then I said, hey, I want a nice, a nice mower. Uh, so I'm going to cut a couple yards and then this couple of yards turned into 20 yards overnight. And then I got on YouTube page or not YouTube, a Facebook page and started asking about making applications and some guy, and I, I wish I knew his name because I was thanking him to this day because he made me who I am today. He made a, uh, you know, the Facebook guys, how they can be. And he was like, you have your pesticide license. You have this, you have that. You have to do this, you have to do that. Because, um, like, I was uncertified and stuff like that. And I was like, hey, I want to put out pre-emergent on other people's yards. What do you guys suggest? And this guy was like, I hope you have your pesticide license. And And I was like, naive as hell and i was like i didn't even know i needed one of those you didn't, know I didn't you even know one. that I was like, and then and at the so same i time, said i said i said okay let me stop i'm not going mm -hmm. to do any application i'm going to get my pesticide mm -hmm. license and then i said let me watch some matt martin whiteboard videos oh lord have mercy non-stop <laughs> non-stop until mm -hmm. i have watched more whiteboard videos about your line breakdown that I know to do with. I know more about lime and pearlization and mesh rate than people at than, than distributors at site one who give me okay. a ton of my business. <laughs> like Jay Bartley, I, I sit here and it's, it's crazy. Let me stop you because you know this whole license thing? This whole license thing Unfortunately, there's no guarantee that people know what the fuck they're doing. I've seen it in the business too many times. I mean, it's uh, it's amazing. I agree. In how anyone can pass a test. Anyone can pass yeah, a test. You you can pass a test, but then that test doesn't necessarily mean in most places that you actually know what you're doing. And don't even get me started on those states that require you to apprentice with somebody for anywhere from one to three years, because even then you get all of these uh, old bastards that are passing around the same old wrong bullshit. Okay. Because you know, something about me, Jay Bartley, I may be old, but, I'm always looking for the right way and the most effective way to do things, not necessarily the way that it's always been done. I'm disinterested in how it was always done or always is done. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'll say this, and I am, you know, I, I was, uh, Tennessee is one of those states that you do have to have, if, if you're a non-industry degree holder, uh, you have to spend two years um, 
uh, uh, spraying under someone's license. You, you can get a certification and you have to split spray under someone's license. And then after two years of experience under a licensed applicator, then you can apply it to take your, your license exam. And, and I'll say this is that what I do think is a good thing about that is that yes, you can pick up a shit ton of bad habits without a doubt. But, um, I think more so from, uh, not necessarily just, um, uh, uh, purely the choosing the right product to apply piece of, of applic- being an applicator, but, um, learning how to handle yourself in the field and, uh, and the, the little things that go with that, you know, like not, you know, letting your hose knock over a bird bath, right. You know, hose management, not getting it wrapped around a tree, you know, three times while you're on the same property and, you know, yanking your ass to the ground or, you know, when someone comes out and immediately says you killed my grass when that's not true at all, you don't cave and say, Oh yeah, you're probably right. Kind of thing. And, and, and because even though, even though like you say, Oh yeah, you're right. I, I did kill it. And you're wrong in that particular instance. Um, uh, admitting to that too quickly, unfortunately, I think that cast a bigger shout on the, uh, a, a bigger shadow on the industry as a whole, uh, than it does being able to say like, look, let's calm down. I know your emotions are high, but let's actually take a look at what the cause is. Right. And I think that piece of the apprenticeship apprenticeship, I use a word colloquially, uh, is way more valuable than necessarily being able to make uh, a, a judgment calls while you're out in the field b- between product selection, right? So, but again, also you do have to be careful of picking up the bad habits and letting that become, you know, the 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 way you approach treating lawns, right? Um, we are running out of time. We got to look at this next uh, soil sample here, Mister Horner. So first things first, and I'll say this: that looking at the first one, I mean, this is the first one was pretty simple. The only thing I would worry about is just applying nitrogen. So we're looking at the uh, the second one here, uh, uh, Mister Mister. This is Mister Horner, and uh, so we've got ninety six parts per. Oh wait, these are pounds per acre. Ha! Huh, I missed that. Pounds per acre, Matt. So pounds forty five divided by two. <laughs> uh-huh, uh huh. Uh forty forty uh forty eight uh, uh parts per million of of uh phosphorus, one hundred and thirty three parts per million of potassium. Now we're we're cooking with gas again. Could you get away with a season of applying just uh just nitrogen? Yeah, probably not going to cause you any yeah. problems there. Uh, I and do. If if you do want to add a little K, you know, uh, you know, maybe, maybe in a, in a spring application in a two to one, you're going to be perfectly fine. But, and then I'll, I'll take this right into your, your third one here because it's almost identical to this one. I mean, literally, uh, identical, uh, Jim Smith here again, 55 parts per million of phosphorus and, uh, you know, 100 116 parts per million of, of potassium. So right in that same range, looks like your pHs are all between a six and seven. Nothing crazy acidic that it's standing out. Relatively low CEC, so you you probably have more or a higher concentration of sand in your but, lawns. Than but in, as we in, in but as soils. we know, as we know, cationic exchange capacity doesn't make a fuck. Yeah, it do, it, it it doesn't. It can it can uh, dictate your uh, uh, if you want to use it to dictate your application frequencies, uh, and you know uh, highlight the fact that you probably shouldn't soil load, but. You're can, also you break, can you break that down? Can you break that? Can you break that yeah. down a little bit more? So, cation exchange That's capacity is going to be the the uh, uh, you know the, the the binding sites in your soil colloid to that's going to you know hold on to uh, cations, right? 
uh, and uh, you know, higher a cation is the free electron within the within the microbe, right? right. Uh, yeah. So, like the the easiest one to think of is going to be potassium, right? Uh, the majority of potassium potassium is pretty much always going to exist as a cation, right? And so, low low CEC soils, like you're dealing on a USGA uh, 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 sand based green, it's going to be difficult for you to maintain uh, uh, K levels in that soil because I, every, every time it rains, you're going to get a flush out of it, right? It's just, it, it's going to, it's going to release from the colloid and then it's, it'll leach and it's, and it's done. It's gone somewhere. Right. Uh, so a lot of times, you know, what, what you'll see, and, you know, I think it makes perfect sense to visualize this, that when you're built on a, on a USGA, uh, uh golf green is you see that tight frequency of applications where you're applying what is going to be utilized for the growth period until your next application, right? So say you're applying on a biweekly interval. Well, in that application, you're going to apply the appropriate MPK and, uh, and, and, and micronutrients that are going to sustain growth until you make that next application two weeks later, right? And in the summer, you know, you may be talking about uh, uh, you know, 0. 0.08 uh, uh, pounds of N and, you know, 0. 0.02 pounds of K and of P and 0. 0.04 pounds of, of K that are going to, you know, ultra low rates. That's just going to carry that two week window because you've got such a low CEC. If you attempt to go out with a pound of K to bring it up, it'll, it'll leach before it, you, before, before you really get to take advantage of it. Right now, you are probably not that low uh, in in your area, though it is low. You know, I mean, a five to, to eight is definitely on the on the lower side of things. But it looks like the makeup of your soil in general is you're you're pulling some K in, in as it is, and I would say that's likely due to the makeup of your soil. What, Demay, when you see this, you know, CECs of five, but uh, still still cruising with 130 parts per million of potassium. Do you think that's just the the makeup of uh, the 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 silt and sand, uh, and and what little bit of clay content this, is there, and 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 I know for a fact that this guy in particular, when I took this soil sample, had been untreated for two years. There we so go. Zero applications for two years. Okay, and the reason why I'm not becoming alarmed is because different type of grass under a different type of management because when I hear rotary cut cool season grass, I immediately think that actual nutrient needs aside from nitrogen are normally very low because the, the turf is constantly recycling nutrients. So there's no need to, push the numbers up higher because so, I almost so you wouldn't go that you wouldn't go chasing potassium in this in the in this case or any similar case you would get that off of MOP you would get that off of MOP versus or no you wouldn't need to even apply much of anything because what I'm saying is that as long as the clippings are cycling back in this okay. is almost a self sustaining system the only thing that is in flux and is being utilized 
is actually the nitrogen. Yeah, the, the name of, of your game, especially, especially that it, this region of the transition zone is all going to be about nitrogen management. It's there when you need it, and, and it's not, and that it's is not where, smoking the lawn out when, it, when you don't need it. And that is, and that is um, where I have, you were asking me why I go with uh, cool season versus warm season. Solely, honestly, it's because customers, um, a lot of customers, I can get about 10 months out of sustained, healthy greens um, with cool season versus warm season. And warm season may have some little spots, you know, here and there, uh, common Bermuda or something like that. But with my plan and my program um, that I've established, and that I've been working with and using different groups of herbicides and, um, you know, changing nitrogen uptakes and the types of nitrogen to be uptake uh, year to year and stuff like that. I'm seeing way better results. Um, I'm seeing, um, I'm not seeing brownout in my yard and the majority of my customers' yards until late august and typically those yards are about four weeks out from being aerated and seeded or just aerated um i know my yard um my yard this year didn't get aerated and seeded except for one section of my back um and that's because i've aerated and seeded four years i had enough cultivars in there to where i felt there was Test resistant enough to where I can make applications and not yeah. uh, not install any more cultivars and not create any more competition for the grass that was already there. Uh, so I said, I'm not going to do my yard this year, and it turned out fairly well. Um, I have some areas that do struggle, of course, but but yeah, uh, Matt, you asked me why don't you just go to uh, warm season why don't you just do a nice common bermuda yard reason is is that and and you know because you were in uh corporate lawn care and, and in this space where you're dealing with customers all the time customers want green and customers like to cut and i'm able to provide them a product that they can cut and that maintains green all the way up through mid-august through july and stuff like that if there's no strange event like what i sent you into may last year with and lushy and a couple other guys in the discord um and i sent jay pink it's, it's this shit one and two uh where it was like fuck all where i got hired on and and it was fucked from the get-go um where i was going in there and i was running cleanup on weed just so i can defetch and keep weed population down or whatever but it was fucked um and then if you go to uh, there's like one right behind it and it's the same property. Um, and it, it's a recent photo. 
and and that's it now. Um, that's it a week ago, and it it that's after like that is during like one of our largest rainstorms. Um, and if you go to some of the other this shit pictures, that was taken the same day as the other this shit pictures, where we have some serious drainage issues that I got thrown onto. Um, that's an old picture there. When did you start this? Like when you pulled up and it's looking like this, I see clumps of Dallas grass. You're, you're what peak summer or close to it. Maybe, maybe, uh, end of June. Oh, this is, so this was started. I see goose grass. Yeah. This was started in. This was started in late May against my recommendation. I told them to let it go to fucking dirt and let's just install some fucking contractors blends to get some plant growth um, and some carbon into the soil that can be used because I watched some old Matt Martin uh, whiteboard videos. I believe it was how to make good soil. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, get something it, growing it, on it. And and if you install anything on shitty soil that will fucking grow, and you leave it there until you can get, and you keep installing until good shit starts growing, and you can maintain good shit. You, you know, here here, and, and here's here's the other and, way and, out and, of the situation and, too. Is and, and and that's where like, I, and I really respect your practice on that. Is let let's not go just like sod this whole fucking thing. But this particular customer is in a $15 million home. And he said he wanted to spend $50,000 on sod. And he had it sodded. Um, that sod was put down in May. Uh-huh. And that picture I think was done in August. Yep. So, and, and this is, this is the other thing, new sod going down right into the absolute dog days of the worst time of year in the transition zone. And this against, is, and this uh, is usually what so everyone does, knows right? against my recommendation. Against, you, I did not tell you, this guy to do there's it. nothing you can do. You know, I mean, it is what it is. They're going to, they're going to want to put their sod down. So they, they, they put their sod down and, uh, and then you've, you've got to keep it alive because you've got, you know, 50, 50 grand tied up in your sod. Right. And so what do you do? You turn on the sprinklers and you're going to make sure this motherfucker's not going to dry out by all stretch of means of the imagination. Well, welcome to Brown patch season. Oh, you forgot. We're in, we're in, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Welcome to Pythium season. And then by the time August rolls around, you're like, Oh fuck, man, where did my grass go? And, uh, and, guys- and you're left with that. So it's a, Have- it, it's, it's such just a terrible time. And I think, I think the, a, a, a major issue of, of sod manufacturers is that they leave the piece of sod manufacturers, sod growers, uh, especially when they come time to deliver this shit in, in May, June, and July in the transition zone, is it should come with an automatic recommendation of going out with an SHDI or uh, a, 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 a strobilurin and, uh, and methanoxin. I mean, it should, it should be planted in, on 30-day hey, intervals. Do uh, I don't mean to interrupt. Can you treated dumb preventatively down for names? patching. Uh, uh, yeah, meth. Yeah, I'll, I'll message it to you. Methanoxin and uh, a strobe or something to to manage brown patch and, and pythium, right? And it okay. should be on a 20, 20 day interval, probably. 
And, uh, and, and it's, amaz- it's amazing how many new side jimes <laughs> where I go into a neighborhood, I would see it one immediately put on a fungicide prevention program and those lawns, no issues with the side grows in perfectly fine. The neighbors on either side of them who are taking care of it themselves, it's smoked to the dirt. And then when they, when they call you and you go out and you look at it and you're like, Hey, how did you get that? Well, they don't even ask that typically, you know, this is, these are people and they're pissed because all their grass died. Right. And they're like, I think. I think the builder used the good soil on his yard and they used the bad soil on my yard in the the back (laughs) of your head. You want to, you want to grab them by the throat and say, listen, you dumb motherfucker. Uh, But you don't. And you're like, you know, all right, look, this is the reality. The situation is this, is that, you know, we can keep pointing at your soil and act like, yes, you are, you, you were sodded on structural fill. That is not an ideal growing medium for, for, for sod here. But, but, the, the the biggest compounding factor that we have here is just the pressure, uh, the disease pressure that's going to occur from this time of year. And it was left unchecked to prioritize the amount of water that went down, right? Like, well, I've got the money invested in the side. Therefore, I'm going to invest money in water. And, uh, oh, I forgot about the part that I need to invest in actually, you know, keeping it alive during the time of year where it typically dies. And uh, and what's what's normally p- turning it into, into dirt? You're going to have the most beautiful lawn. Demay, what is it that you like to say about uh, uh, about, about growing growing grass in the in the transition zone, cool season grass in the transition zone? You you had a phrase, something about uh, anybody can grow grass until uh, until Memorial Day, but it uh, what was it? It takes a <laughs> oh it takes yeah, a my, yeah, my dead grandmother, yeah, my dead grandmother could grow grass in the transition zone until Memorial Day. After that, you need to put that thing. Yeah, right. and it's and it's and, it's the yeah. god honest truth. Mm-hmm. Not wrong there. It's, and and, uh... and and I and I agree and that's where and that's where I I sit is I say, Hey, let's let's get this stuff past the fourth of July. Let's get this stuff green up to then. And I think I'm doing great with that, uh, within my program, mm-hmm. using plant growth regulators and other things, storing carbohydrates. Um that that particular instance was um that you was walked one into the, a shit show. I, um, and that's one thing that Demay has hounded part of me on on a on a call-in show over, and he was like, he was like Jay Bart, I know your deal. You need to you need to quit fucking with these people who keep throwing you into the shit, and and you having to manage their bullshit. And uh, but and as a business, did I not see the same thing? Wow. Did I not? And did I not say the same thing, Jay Bartley? You, you, I believe you have at like two o'clock. Probably with less grace. With because and less grace. (laughs) And that is something that, in my old age, I've had to learn not to do or, or walk into. Where, you know. It never fails, guys. At this time of the year, I get the phone call at about 8 a.m. in the morning as I'm having my coffee from somebody who just cold calls me and says, Hey, I hear you're the guy that can help me. Uh, My saw that I had installed in October or November looks like it's all dead. And do you know what I tell those people when they call me that? What? No, not quite. Get fucked. I told him, I told him, no, you know what you need? You don't need me. 
because I'm going to be bullshitting you if I try to sell you a fungicide program. What you actually need is a bulldozer, a dump truck, and 20 tons of sand. I had, and I had a different a feeling, kind of grass. I had a, had a feeling Ray was going to bring the D10 into this entire conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because, but, and, and that's, and that's but, probably not practical, even, you know, especially like if you're talking about estates out there where, where you are. You know, yeah. water water management yeah. on tall fescue grown in pure sand when it's 104 degrees on the lake with 99.999 thousand percent humidity is uh, you know you you can't get that done in a seven app program. You can't get it done in an eight app program. Right. You probably which, can't which get it done in a twelve app program. Well, I, I don't. Wait, I have a. I have a. I, I'm sorry, demand. Please enlighten me. No, I I need your I no I need your insight. <laughs> need me inside Talk you? Oh, I can do that too. Um, yeah. So, oh uh, please take take um, me. Um, <laughs> no, I was gonna say is I, I think <laughs> I think this is part of the the smaller scale lawn care offerings, and it doesn't you know it, this doesn't scale well, and the point of it is not to scale, right? Ray's proven this, you know, many times over, is that you know you need to have an outcome-based approach. I think people will be more approachable if you can dis- describe what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. That's all great. But like what they get, why that's important to them, right? If you can describe that and not necessarily mm-hmm. say, well, you're going to get this certain quantity of things, you know, goods and services that I'm going to deliver to you because 12 apps in one lawn might be six on another, might be 28 on another lawn, right? Mm-hmm. And it's irrelevant exactly. the number. Right, the results so, are what matter. So, so you, all you do is swap a locker is your consultant. So, with yeah, with me right. as a as with with me as a pro applicator, I have I have packages. Um, yeah. Basic premium NV and golf course, and golf course gets in my mind golf course fungicide budget. They get mm-hmm. fungicide all the time they get fungicide and they pay for it believe me they pay for it and they pay a lot for it and they're okay with paying for it because like matt said it's a mistake like i'm some dumb redneck from south from uh from north georgia lower south carolina like trailer park born and bred god love you for it and 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 what I can say is I don't change my price. My price is fixed on square footage. If I don't care if you live in a single wide trailer, I don't care if you live in a twelve million dollar house. Um, I measure off the I measure off the property and how much turf you have, and I say this is what it's going to be. I type it into a spreadsheet. Spreadsheet has no bias. And, uh, and for, for those of y'all who are, who are, um, trying to become special businessmen and can't make the numbers match up, spreadsheets make the numbers match up. Uh, if, if you know your cost per thousand and, and how to be successful in your cost per thousand, then you can be successful. But this guy in particular that we saw those pictures of, um, the befores and afters and 
the frantic that I was in when I got there. Oh, God, yeah. God, that was a bad day for me. Like, well, trying, I mean, but I, I think um, this is, go ahead. I had to, I had to look, I had to knock on the door of that customer. And keep in mind, I don't own this property. I'm contracting for another landscaper who took it over. Ooh, <laughs> right. So, and the other, and the other land, and I told the other landscaper, um, do not put down sod uh, without G-methyl, without all of the fungicides. I said, we need a lot of fungicides on this because, um, like I said, I'm in high-end residential and the majority of my customers are all lake pump or well pump irrigated. So they have, they, they dump water on it when it's not needed. And that particular customer actually paid me to come sit at his house and drink bourbon with him for <laughs> two hours. <laughs> not even bullshit. For two hours, I sat there and drank bourbon with him and measured his irrigation input on every single zone in his yard. Of course, running 15-minute intervals each yard, but I set out all the tubs across this freaking yard. I measured them all, catching water all across the place, and um, his yard died because of him. And I couldn't bring myself to tell him, like, dude, you fucked up. You killed $30,000 worth of grass. So I ended up having to tell him, hey, man, uh, we can make this come back next year. Which is the same thing as you fucked up, but it's a polite way of saying it. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's a difficult market that I'm in, and um, I, I I know we're stretched on time. Yeah, we gotta um, we got we gotta we gotta move to the show after the show. Do you have any questions yeah, for us? I do. Um, this All one right, goes lay it to this. This one goes to the uh, May. Well, this one goes to everyone. Lariety within oh. turf type tall fescue. How okay. to manage? I have one for you. Outside of digging it completely out and let me get a pen and paper. I got. Triclopyr and sulfentrazone. Triclopyr and sulfentrazone is one. Uh, the no, sir. It's it's apparently it's a triclopyr and sulfentrazone resistant variety. Mm. So, Pilex. Actually, huh? that is where I would go to. Pilex or tenacity, and I'm going to throw a, a weird a weird one for you. Is I would even hit it with. Sure power in the summer. Mm. The that's not, sure that's, power, not, that's, that's like a pilot sure power it. combo. Like a pilot sure power in the summer. Like and the that. reason why in in the summer is because when the turf type tall fescue is hardened off and summer dormant, the sure power is not going to ding 
the turf type tall fescue do not apply sure power in the spring please don't <laughs> and it's very important that if you do apply sure power the lawn must not have gotten irrigation or water or rain in the past two weeks this is very important because if the no 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 rain or water rain. for two weeks yes oh very important very important very important because <laughs> if i mean the transition you legit summer dormant. well you yeah. legit need it uh, summer dormant because uh no. because of the sure power yeah because sure power here's how it works in a cool season grass if the grass is summer dormant and hardened off it has minimal effect on it but if it is juicy because i guess because the, I, I guess because the cells are so collapsed during that time that they can't absorb it because yet yeah, yeah it, it's because the cells are collapsed and the tall fescue is hardened off and not uptaking anything because if the turf type tall fescue is uptaking anything it's going to uptake the plumioxazin and burn down to the ground because oh, I, I look into listen, what listen, listen. It get don't, two don't weeks without it. rain mm-hmm. burn and return uh, right what, what, what yeah, you... I, I mean it'll get toasty but i it, you, yeah you you'll there's a high degree of probability that, that you're gonna have a, a, yeah pretty significant amount of injury but just tell them on the front end that look it's going to be a no, burn and return I'm, type I'm, of application so bear I'm, with I'm, me I'm, it's going to look I worse have, before it I gets have, better. I have burned down many of yards and brought them back, and I'm not yeah. concerned about burn and return. It's handling shit when I find it. Okay, and I got a weird one for you that might work on it. Hello, Sulfuron. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good oh, and, one. And, and, Matt, and Matt, do you know why but, I'm saying hello? Is that Sedgehammer? Sedgehammer or Pro Sedge? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The reason why I say hello, Sulfuron is because I've seen so well, many landscape people attempt to control Nutsedge in Liriope with hello, mm-hmm. Sulfuron. And holy shit, they end up it, toasting the entire bed. It'll it'll ding so, it really good, but I don't think you'll get a total kill out of it. But it will knock no, the holy not, shit out of it. And not only so that, what do you think about with the hell uh, so what do you think about a Pilex sure power with Halo? A good burnout with the Halo. The yeah, Pilex you can do that. And, uh, uh, the the Pilex and, and the actually, sure power actually do the work. Actually, but the burnout is with that. Do you think that's too much foliar damage? The, the Halo is more systemic. Because what happens to the okay. helosulfuron is that what's happening is that the helosulfuron is going into that liriope and substantially damaging and weakening it. Because here's what I see. Somebody has a nut sedge issue in their landscape area. They bust out the sedge hammer and they start spraying. And they may get away with it on the first time. But the second or third application that year... It all just wipes out. Gone. All right. What else you got? <laughs> oh, man. You guys mind if I stand up and move some stuff around so I can look at my entire workbench of questions that I've been planning for weeks to ask you? Um, 
we might have to take some of the after show, but we we can at least do another one. Well, if, we'll take if, if not, if not, give us if your I best. Can... Uh, give us your best question. You're going to be back on here again mm-hmm. too. So, yeah. but and you always got us on the Discord for sure. I mean, so give us yeah, your best but, one. Look yeah, that over. So just to, use, just use so y'all know, it took, it took a it took a lot for me to get on here. I deal with um, I deal with a high amount of social anxiety, and um, we appreciate that. And it it takes a lot for me to like. You haven't noticed. I don't talk a lot on Discord. I just lurk and read and and all that stuff. And then what I do is I send out messages to people. It's like, hey, call me, and we could talk about this. Or hey, here's my phone number. Just call me. Um, mm-hmm. It's because I get I, I'm I deal with a shit ton of anxiety. Um, so here in here in this transition zone where I'm dealing with uh where I'm dealing with Carolina or Georgia red clay, let's them come with it. Uh call it. Matt, are you familiar? Georgia clay? Yes, but hang on. Hang on. One of the things we saw in your soil test is that yes, it looks like red clay, but that is not what you're dealing with. But keep going. Okay. Um soil permeability within that red clay. So I have permeability. Couple, permeability. So uh-huh. I have a couple customers who, once again, I deal with cool season mostly. Whether you like it or not, that's what I deal with, and that's what I understand, and that's what I like. I like the complexity of it, and that's that's me. Um, um, so I'm dealing with Carolina red clay and soil permeability. So if I'm trying to make a um, and Jay Pink has some pictures of some some of the shit that I've dealt with recently as far as uh, bad uh, bad drainage issues. Um, is there a way that I can correct some of this Carolina clay drainage issues, or is there enough sand and stuff like that to actually move it throughout? No, 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 no. No, no. Or you, should, you, should I start? Should I start installing sand in, in it, some of this clay? No, it more it's, permeable. It, it is or? not. This, this is not a no. permeability issue. This is literally a drainage issue. Like you're literally going to have to move the water to somewhere else. Uh, are you like seeing? Are, are you seeing these pictures? Because I don't see them. Uh, no, I, I have. I haven't seen the pictures. But um, it, and if I if yeah, I had to guess, it's a lot like that one. what I what I deal with here in Knoxville, which is. Similar thing. If you looked at our soil, you'd be like, that's damn red clay. Look at all that some bitch in red clay. And, it, and it's not. There's actually a fair amount of sand content in it as well, too. I don't have super high CEC soils. Uh, but case in point, you know, like you said, yes, there is some permeability issues. But what's probably the bigger thing that you're dealing with is uh, 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 a runoff from impermeable surfaces. Uh, especially if this is going to be in subdivisions or neighborhoods or even like that, that property that we were just looking at, that was lakefront is going to be just an overall high water table in general because mm-hmm. it's on a lake. And, uh, and oh, so that's, you're going that's to get nothing. some, I think J, J- well, Pink just my, my, my point here is that, is that it makes total <laughs> sense to have a drainage issue in a lawn like this because of a high water table. It's got nowhere to go. Oh, that's, that's, my, that's my house. That's that's different. That does that that house does not have a drainage issue. Then uh, the only other thing I have is <laughs> Easy Ride and your steel green and soil tests, and then the fix okay. and the shit. Okay. 
Oh but, yeah, the shit. So get get one know, of the shit pictures. Are these are these in uh, 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 new new subdivisions? Is that typically nope, where you're that. dealing with these yeah. with these drainage issues? Um, no. Or or uh, development uh, uh, just subdivisions. Period. Like neighborhoods. Ninety nine percent of my uh, customers are not ninety nine. I'd say seventy five percent of my customers are. Uh, Lake pump irrigated and lakefront properties. Yes. So if um, you're dealing with and, high water table issues. If you're lake, if you're okay. lakefront and you're having to pump from a lake or uh, you're nearby a lake like that, guarantee you, you're dealing with high water tables and you're literally so, going to have to pitch water away. Okay. So just install, install pumps and install stuff like that. To move water, just install a water like moving French drain to get water out. Yes, okay. so you can get yeah. sucked into a never-ending horrific wormhole of money, just hits trying to solve these issues. I mean, it, I mean, look, look at YouTube of the people that are trying to aerate away standing water. <laughs> Uh, out of out of their lawn when you know in in reality that they live in a subdivision where 75 percent of houses roof surfaces streets are above them in uh in 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 altitude right and it all runs somewhere and it runs under their property i I know a guy this is a legit story who bought a house in uh in murfreesboro tennessee and he's at the bottom of a cul-de-sac in the neighborhood and he was catching so much water his backyard, his backyard all the way up to his back porch would start ankle deep. And then as you got to the fence in his backyard where he's got a six foot wooden fence, it was four and a half feet deep of water, four and a half feet deep of water, just because of how it all pitched. And literally what he had to do was install these massive, massive subsurface basins with huge pumps and pump pump the water up to the storm drain, and it was a nightmare because I had to get it all approved uh, for the city. Just because uh, the the planning issue was actually the development of the subdivision, uh, and then he had to deal with all that water. But before he knew he was collecting that much water, he thought it was just one of those things where mm, my water's not draining really well, and so maybe I can get away with just using like a wetting agent or something of the sort. If you're dealing with lakefront properties, ninety nine point nine percent of the time. It is going to be a high water table issue. So, so what do you think about this picture? This this looks like a low drainage point. Yeah. This is like actually drain a, basins and pumps. That's mm-hmm. what that looks like to this, me. Drain basins and pumps this, right there. <laughs> this, this particular particular picture just got installed under my recommendation for a uh, float pump install. Um, this mm-hmm. is the same property that. Uh, well, this is actually. That nice white house across the street. That's the one that was like fucking killed um, last summer with a bad saw and uh, bad sod install. Um, mm-hmm. Same contractor did this uh, catch basin. And uh, granted, it's raining here and it's a lot of water, but um, this customer, if you can see, like all these little three foot wide path if you kind of look up through there it's about three foot wide 
Look, look at where the water's path. collecting on the driveway. I mean, even the driveway's under a giant puddle of water. I mean, that tells you where it's all it's all draining to, right? Like that's literally the centralized collection point of all that water. I know. Spanish But but you but so this is someone who I contract for. So I am I am limited on what I can do here. And um but the problem is being a pro applicator and the guy who's being contract like being contract for is I tend to be the scapegoat in a lot of things where they say it grass isn't grass isn't growing and that's why I'm recording all this stuff. Um, and it's installed in each client that I have as a file. Um, and I can say, Hey, this is the problem this time of year. This is the problem this time of year. This is the problem this time of year. I'm able to go back, show them pictures. Hey, this is a recurring problem. This happened over the last three years, two years, whatever. Um, this is not my fault. I can't fix this. And that this picture was pretty much the, uh, nail in the coffin for and I ended up knocking on the door and speaking with the actual owner of this home um, and saying like brother like just so you know I'm doing everything I can to get you grass here I cannot fix this um, this is beyond what I can do and we have to get people here to move this water and uh, that's that's right, kind of listen, the bang of mind. I'm going to give you two options to fix this. Uh, all right. So one, one is a place to start and one is a place to end. Let's start with the end first. First option is you fire this motherfucker and just tell him, listen, your problems ain't my problems anymore. We're done here. That's option number one. Okay. To start, though, you were so enamored with the whiteboard videos. I would strongly recommend, if you were into that, that you go check out a gentleman on the tubes called French Drain Man. French Drain Man uh, has some, like, right up this alley of how to deal with these problems. He also has some really great products, too, some pretty innovative stuff that doesn't necessarily borrow from, as Ray likes to call, drainage dogma. You know, uh, it actually deals and solves the problem, deals with and solves the problem that needs to be solved. So I'd encourage you to go check out that. Now, all that being said, French, French French Drain Man. French Drain Man. I will put a link for you in the discord uh just because i enjoy this film he's based up in the detroit michigan area and uh, all the stuff you're talking about is totally applicable to your area now that being said uh we can't wait for you to come on again because i know you got more questions we'll definitely have you back on here even this summer when the fescue season is rip roaring away uh and you know it basically looks like uh the toilet uh in the uh, frat house on frat row in Knoxville in the fall when all the co-eds come back. So, hey man, with I'll, that, I'll, you can say you can say what you want, but uh, proper usage of plant growth regulators and uh, proper usage of fertilizers, mine are staying strong. And I, I, all I can say is what's working for me. So, there you go. But yeah, let's, ca- let's catch up at uh, the pet show. All right, that's we're headed good. to the after all show. Right. We'll see y'all there. Love, Love y'all. y'all. Bye. Thanks, y'all.